but we learned that we opened our eyes to like what we can now do, how we can move forward. And it takes that, you know, that sweat equity to get you to learn these things and, and open your eyes up that, Hey, you know, you can go into as an operator, I know other investors are romanticizing multifamily investing, and I'm looking to learn from other investors' mistakes. I know you are too, and you found the right place. Welcome to Myers Methods Presents Multifamily Missteps. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Myers Methods Presents Multifamily Missteps. I'm your host, Jerome, and I got the brothers on with me today, Oscar and German. How are you guys? Good, Great, man. Thank Thanks for having us. This is going to be fun, man. We got three people on the mic. Zoom's going to be confused because people are going to be talking at the same time, but it's going to be all good. Oscar, do me a favor and let the listeners know the best way to get in touch with you, and then, German, you can jump in afterwards. All right, so the best way really is either through Facebook or IG uh, and LinkedIn now. Uh, you know, we're under the Millionaire Unlisted. That's our social platform on IG and Facebook. You message us on there, we respond like in a minute. I mean, we're, we're on it. So, yeah. German. Yeah, we're very active. Uh, like my brother said, uh, LinkedIn. We're very active in LinkedIn. Uh, both, uh, you can find us under our names, uh, German Buendia and Oscar Buendia. Um, and then uh, the millionaire listed on uh, uh, IG on uh, Instagram. We're very, very active. Perfect, perfect. And so now that they know how to get in touch with you, uh, tell us a little bit about your background, how you guys got into multifamily, and what's your current focus? Cool, man. I, I'll start off, German. So we uh, kind of two different paths. Uh, I was doing my own thing, buying a small multifamily. Um, started here in Colorado Springs. Uh, then a couple, actually last year, kind of with my brother, we talked about it and we decided to partner. Um, and initially we weren't not thinking about going huge, big multifamily. Um, we were just thinking by one or two Z homes here. Best entry markets are usually, uh, the Midwest. The prices are pretty low. You can enter it. Right. So call out my brother. Hey man, fly out there. Let's find something. And then, Jeremy, I'll let it take, you take it from there as far as, like, your, your networking skills and what you did out there. So uh, I'm, I'm a pretty social guy. I went to Ohio, and I met hundreds of people. Uh, and then I met this lady, and she was selling her portfolio. Um, and uh, I called my brother, and we were like, hey, we need to partner out. We need to find a partner somewhere because this sounds like a good deal. Uh, and it was a good deal. Um, and then we ended up buying – uh, 14 of her properties or 20 doors, uh, 13 properties, 20 doors. And, um, and then that's, that's how we started into the, the, the that's what opened our minds to, uh, we can actually get into, into a multifamily, to a larger multifamily. Uh, but that's basically how we got into this. Yeah. Whoa. So how, how many doors were you at before you bought the 20 unit? I was at four. Yeah, my brother was at four, and I, I didn't have anything. I used to do flips, and then I stopped for like a year and a half. Uh, flips is not my thing, definitely. I don't, I'm not, I wasn't born for that. Uh, so I was just kind of like on the back burner, like following people and, and listening to podcasts, listening for ideas, 
uh, and, and then you hear people talking about different markets and Ohio was one of them. People were talking about Ohio, Ohio. And then my brother and I, we decided, hey, let me, let me fly out there and see what's, what's out there. Um, so that's, that's basically it. So my brother has some, I didn't have any. Okay. So what city in Ohio? Cincinnati or where? No, it's uh, Lorraine, Ohio. It's right, right outside of Cleveland. But one of the reasons we, we really liked it, taxes were lower in Cleveland. Uh, and also it's more uh, landlord friendly. So we really went that way. So talk to me about how you got into the deal because four to 20 is a pretty big jump. How did you? Like, yeah. This part, like, talk so, to me. I, so, okay, bro. So like I said, like I went, I went there, I started uh, putting ads on, on Facebook. Hey, I'm going from California to Ohio. I'm going on this state to this state. And I want to meet all all type of people on on real estate. Um, I think the second day that I was there, this lady texted me. She's like, "Hey, I saw your your post on Facebook. I'm I'm selling all my properties. I have over 300 properties." And I was like, "Wow." Um, obviously, that wasn't the plan with my brother. So, uh, so but I texted my brother, and 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 we we didn't think we could do it. But you know, you always hear, hey, if you if you find a deal, the money will 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 follow. Yeah. Um, so that's where that's where we started trying to get the the, the money and and get the the partners. Um, so go ahead, Oscar. So it was a limiting belief that we had, right? That you couldn't scale quicker. Um, and then once we started negotiating, um, you know, at first we were going to buy thirty units off of her. Uh, and quickly we were looking for funding we we're looking for money and as we called more people and talked to more people we learned that uh, actually the higher the number the easier the funding to be honest with you uh and then we learned uh, that's where like our eyes opened up to private money private equity hedge fund firms because we i mean we called everyone and their mother like hey yeah. like do you know people who could fund us how can we do this we got some pretty good advice and I, I would think that'll be the, the first big lesson is, you know, don't be afraid to reach out because I mean, people are always, they're going to help you, but they're of course going to, there's something that they're going to get out of it, whether it's a connection or whether it's, Hey, yeah, I'm funding it for you. So they're going to make a percentage of it too. And then luckily we found the person we got funded. Uh, we got funded at a, uh, with, through a, a bridge loan, through a private equity uh, and then it, as soon as we stabilize it, uh, we go into a 30-year, and it's at a 5%. Uh, so we're waiting to this corona thing to go away, stabilize it, yeah. uh, finish stabilizing it, and then we go down to um, a 5% 30-year. Uh, right now we're at we're, we're in the 10%. It's ridiculous. But we're, it's still profitable. This thing was in the 11 12% cap. Um, so not, I mean, they're all Section 8 right now. So we're, uh, we're working really well on it. I mean, however, the issues that we have had <laughs> is uh, when she sold the, us these properties, they were, my brother, the ones that he did see were amazing. When we originally were going to buy the 30, we ended up buying 20. And what happened there was we ha he had already come back home and she switched some of the properties in the package uh and us being 
you know, so trusting, you know, I went through it and I was like, this looks different. However, I didn't double check it. And then I realized afterwards that they were different. But long story short is those were the ones with issues, more issues, right? So we have had to put out more money for repairs. We've had to put out, we've had uh, two evictions, three evictions. Two of them haven't gone into evictions. They ended up leaving before we actually get into the, the process. Um, not not easy things, right? I mean, and one of the things I learned is that having a rental portfolio is a lot harder than probably owning one building with 20 tenants in it, right? Because that one, I have a property manager and keeping up with each home is a pain. It really is. Uh, so that's where we talk with my brother. And we're like, hey man, uh, strategy wise, we got to go for apartment buildings. We know we could, we have the funding. We know how to do it. We can do it. And then we also realized that, you know, these, these portfolios, rental portfolios at a bigger scale, they're harder to let go. Um, so yeah, I mean, tons of issues there. If you want to pick at one, I don't know which one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I initially got to, all right. She changed the properties that you guys bought. How did your lender deal with that? Because that changes the collateral. And so he was loan he was loaning based on some form of ARV. Yes. Situation of those units and you got a different collateral. So how this was before it went to like this was pre-agreement, right? Like we we agreed to these properties. And then when the properties were, were sent over to the lender and everything and the valuation, we did an appraisal, we did all that. We did it all with the ones that she, she's only so it's like three. Um, and those went in there. Um, so she took out three that were pretty good and three that weren't, but they were similar prices. So we didn't really catch that. And that, you know, that's part of being a little bit rookie there. Uh, but it went to lending. AR, you know, they did the they did the title check. They did everything. Um, they went to uh, the title company. Um, so all that was done. It was just done with the ones that. <laughs> He'll come back. I'll edit it out. And then uh, since you're gonna edit it, and then we'll we'll talk about the trust issues, you know, because excitement gets you sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Gotta... He's back. Ahead, Oscar, you're in. Yeah, I'm here. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, did you hear me or no? No. no? Oh, you, oh. you got cut off. Yeah. Oh no, I was just saying that she switched it right before it went to the title, the lending company. So we had an LOI agreement, and then it switched, and then it, this was all off market. You know, we were doing all the due diligence. It was all on us. We were doing the inspection. So that that's what ended up happening. Okay. So did she change them for equal value, you think? Or they were getting the same rent? How did you how did you rationalize, hey, we sent the LOI on these properties, but we're actually getting a package of these and stuff? Well, yeah, so the, the rents were the same or better 
right? Uh, on on paper, and again, this was mismanaged. This was a lady who she had 300 yeah. properties and she had all the stuff written on her notebook. She had no system. No system. Like we would she, ask, yeah. We would ask for, 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 for rent rolls or, or TFL or anything. And she would send us a, a, a picture of a piece of paper, like a yellow old piece of paper saying, hey, this is the tenants, our tenants are, have been with us for the last 10 years, so and so, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, okay, cool. You know, we're getting into this portfolio, it's mismanaged, we got plenty of opportunity. The rents were uh, below market value as well. So we had, we have, like, and we still do. Uh, we had the opportunities to to fix all this stuff, to flip the portfolio. Um, however, things weren't as easy as we thought it was going to be, you know. Uh, she had no contracts with these tenants. So we jumped in. Uh, and uh, again, there's no, everything was verbal. Everything was, was some yeah. pieces of paper, napkins. And they were like, my God. So, yeah, yeah we learned the lesson. That was, that was a big, big, huge mistake that we made. A lot of people want to be profitable multifamily operators but lack the knowledge, deal flow, experience, and capital to be successful. They often try to overcome these challenges out of order, slowing or eliminating their ability to get their next deal done. We've developed a framework that allows them to gain the knowledge they need to find profitable deals. When they do, they create the time and location freedom, as well as the generational wealth they desire for their family. The Myers methods of multifamily investing have proved to be the fastest way to establish credibility and properly grow an apartment portfolio. If you want to know more about our four-step process, jump over to MyersMethods.com to get our free four-step guide to getting into multifamily investing. Let's get back to the episode. But there's an upside, right? There's an upside because yeah. like we ended up, for example, cash value, um, if it was a if it was a commercial, all commercial, we would have it was worth like one point two million. Um, mm-hmm. If it was because it because they were all individual residential homes under under five units, right? Uh, we were when they did the appraisal, the appraisal did not look at the cash uh, at the NOI and what it was making. They said no, these are individual homes. We're gonna look at them individually at what they're valued at. And the value came out at uh, eight hundred twenty-one thousand. So, we when it came to cap rate and looking at cash flow, it was an it's an amazing deal. When it came to the value of the homes themselves individually, not that really right because I mean we're talking about low low income area, and we're also talking about you know just little more rundown homes. But the upside of it is that we're at 85, 87% occupancy right now. And the moment that we get it up to 95 and all that stuff and we secure it and we, we, we make it into a stabilized asset, property management, a system, we can market it as a recession proof because this section eight, the money's coming in. Section eight is also paying utilities on some of them, right? So we cut down NOI, we cut down uh, expenses, um, and it, we, we feel like it's going to be an, an upside to it when we do go and sell it, uh, go from 800000 to maybe a million, right? So we'll do that, and then we'll get into it bigger, which, again, was another of our, our missteps is that we were pretty excited about this deal, and we're like, let's do it, that right after we did it, uh, we had several other deals come by 
We had a 50 unit. We had a 75 unit. Uh, and they were all off market. I mean, cheap, 1.2, 1.5, uh, right there in Cleveland. And before this deal, we had the capital on our own to go into these. Uh, and we didn't do it because now we didn't have the capital. But we learned that we opened our eyes. Yeah, everything side up, right? But we learned that we opened our eyes to like what we can now do, how we can move forward. And it takes that, you know, that sweat equity to get you to learn these things and, and open your eyes up that, hey, you know, you can go into 50 units. You just have to find the right asset, find the right people and team up or, or get some mentors. That's awesome, man. So the law of the first deal is a real thing. That first deal is pretty difficult to get into. But once you get that first one, next one comes faster with a whole lot less effort. And then the more bigger. And you're a perfect example of that. So, you know, you you're in the deal, you've got the majority of your cash tied up in the deal. Are you going to start doing joint ventures or syndicate? Like what's the next step for your business since you're in the space that you're in right now? Good job. Yeah, I mean, our, our, our goal right now is to, uh, to start looking, once we, once we um, uh, stabilize this, this portfolio, uh, we want to get into syndication. Uh, so we, we opened up a, a company already, it's called uh, Good Day Capital, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to find investors and in, in going to multi, large multifamily, 100 units plus. Wow. Yeah, so we, yeah. Started, we started that company. Uh, I got in touch with a couple of lawyers. Um, I'm sure you probably know the the crowdfunding lawyers, Sidoti. Um, they're they're pretty big now. A lot of people use them. But um, if you don't, you should. I mean, they they I've talked to them and advice has been amazing. And you know, when I do get into that point where we're gonna do a 506B or 506C, definitely gonna use them because they'll set the whole thing up. But yeah, so we started this company. Um, it's, it's out in Delaware. Obviously, tax purposes advantageous there. But from there, we have, um, you know, we started a big social media engagement, reaching out to people, and we're we're building our investor base, right? We obviously can't solicit for non-accredited, but what we have um, so far, it, I mean, the power of social media. We've talked to several other people; is it's ridiculous. Um, we've had about four hundred thousand in soft commitments. Uh, just from the people that we've talked to on Instagram. I mean, our, our, our base has been growing ridiculously and they see what we're doing and we talk about it and we get on phone calls like this and we're like, Hey, you know, I, you know, this is the analyzer tool that we use. This is how we do it. This is our mentors. You know, some of the people we look up to, uh, Michael Blank, Vinny Chopra, we're going to most likely go into his mastermind and he's helping us. I mean, people who have done this, right. It's not like we're just out here doing it on our own. Yeah. we've learned from our own experiences, but we're going to obviously have a mentor and someone who could take us to that next step uh, and do it correctly. Right. What, why, why kill ourselves in a 50 unit when we can partner up or, you know, and, and yeah, we're also open to, you know, partnering up with other syndicators, you know, on, on a GP co-sponsoring, you name it. We're, we're open, man. Beautiful. So you said at one point that you had to bring some more cash to the deal in order to get this 20 unit functioning properly. How much would you say you had to bring to the deal? And I just want to make sure I got that other part right. You guys didn't walk through every unit that you bought before you bought it, did you? 
I did. I I I wasn't there, but German did not. Yeah, so I did. I did walk through all of them, the ones that we picked originally, right? But then during the negotiation, that's what happened. We uh, we were negotiating this this certain price, and and then she went and switched the the units, the ones that I didn't walk through, because so it was it was her and her husband selling the units. So I went I went through the houses that she was selling, her property. But then during the negotiation and during the, uh, the, the the price negotiation, she went and switched. Uh, I think it was it was a couple of units uh, from from her husband's portfolio to hers into the package. I know I never walked through them. So um, again, the excitement, the, uh, the the trust issue. You know, I mean, we we believe in people because we wouldn't do that to people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so you go ahead, you go in and you believe all these people, you trust these people and, and you think- I mean, you had good. dinner, you had dinner with them, right? Like yeah, you, yeah, I went to You, you went to their house? They, they took me around. I mean, they're, they're nice people. They're not, they're not bad people at all. We made the mistake, right? The, um, the, like I said, the excitement, the, the fact that we were thinking that we were like, okay, hot shots now, we're getting 20 units here in one, <laughs> in one track. Actually, let's, let's do it. Let's, we can't do it. Um, so that's, that's, that's one of the mistakes that she switched it. And instead of us being a little more, uh, putting our, our, our foot on the ground and be like, no, this is not the deal. Uh, we just went with it, you know? So was there any change to the process of acquisition that you guys made to make sure that nothing like this happens again? Oh yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, definitely we have to do a, better due diligence i mean the due diligence i mean screams out loud we talked about it like hey you know i i negotiated pretty well with them however on the due diligence part we kind of we kind of slacked and i think it it like you said it was a the excitement right we also we went back and forth several times there was like a month where we said no we can't do this and they came back and they said, hey, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll sell it to you, right? So we were pretty firm on certain things on, on price-wise. But when it came down to the due diligence, we made that mistake of not walking through, not having someone on the ground walk through every single unit uh, or, or at least talk to the tenants. Um, and part of it, part of it too, you know, I mean, not to say that we were horrible at due diligence, but also that it was extremely difficult because they were, it, it was so mismanaged, right? I mean, I'm telling you, everything was in a notebook, right? And we saw opportunity. We're like, yeah. all right, if it's so mismanaged, you know, we have an opportunity and upside here to, to turn it around. And, you know, once we stabilize it, either cash flow to us um, or sell it out. And I think from there, we, we learned we have to really be due diligent. Yeah. And, and the fact that, that, and, and we, we told ourselves once we were going through all this stuff, right? Um, we have to stick to the, to the plan. We cannot deviate just because we get excitement or, or they put something, you know, some, some shiny object in, in your face and you're like, okay, okay, we'll go for it. Um, so we, yeah, we, we discussed that and we were putting it into, into the next acquisition and, and you stick to the plan and, and don't, I wouldn't say trust people, but it's just, it's just, yeah, you, you gotta go, you gotta, it's, it's everything that has to be black and white. You cannot, you cannot deviate from that just because you like somebody. 
<laughs> so I'm reading a book and one of the things they talk about is liking somebody doesn't mean that you trust them and vice versa. You could trust them. Exactly. So I, I think that's a really uh, prudent point there. And so the final question for the podcast is what words of wisdom do you guys have? Oscar, go first and then German wrap us up. Ah, uh, man, I would say, uh, due diligence, due diligence, due diligence. <laughs> I mean, and kind of like what Jerome said is, you know, just because you like them doesn't mean you, you can trust them. Um, make sure that, you know, at some point you check your excitement and, you know, you make sure that things are, are being done correctly for your benefit, right? Because, I mean, eh, like Grant Cardone says, if you're not selling, you're getting sold. And I think we got we got sold a little bit there, but, you know, we're, we're working through it. And, you know, that's all you can do. You can work it out and imagine the next step. And I, I'm excited. I'm excited for what the future holds. German. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh do, yeah, due diligence, uh, but also don't be afraid to back out of the deal. You know, as, as good as it sounds, uh, don't be afraid of backing out of the deal because if you find, and it's true, and in, 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 nobody's going to learn it until, until they go for it. But if you're the kind of person that listens to other people making mistakes and you learn from other people's mistakes, uh, just don't be afraid to walk out of the deal. You know, don't be afraid to, to hurt somebody's feelings because you say, hey, I don't want this anymore. So that's, that's, that's my advice. Beautiful. Gentlemen, I really appreciate you coming on the show today and sharing with our listeners. You've definitely given us some tremendous value related to the right way to do due diligence when you're going through the process. You guys are investing from a long way away. And I mean, it's absolutely tough to get that done. Um, thank you so much. And we'll talk soon. Thanks, man. Thank I appreciate it. You made it to this juncture. So you really love what we shared on this episode of Myers Methods Presents Multifamily Missteps. Do us a favor. Give us a five-star rating. Give us a review. And share this with somebody who's interested in multifamily investing. Until the next time, the pack is with you. Ooh.